I've seen some of the fringy things, but I will say nothing, nothing compares to hearing the voice of God in your own heart. Yo, 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 you guys, this is Brandon. This is another episode of Unrefined Podcast, and I've got Lindsay in the house here. Hey, guys, really excited about this one. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Uh, we have April Snook here, and I'm going to introduce her a little bit, but then I'm going to let her really get into more specifics of what she does. She has a podcast called How to Do Life with God, and she started a few years ago. And my conversations with her, I, I sense that she really wants people to understand practically how to walk out the spiritual life. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted her here on the show, because I watched a lot of her podcasts and I recommend you go check it out and, and we'll give you all the deets at the end. But it, it, she really has a gift to take complicated stuff and really break it down in ways that you can practically implement in your life. And if you know our podcast, that's what we are definitely all about. Um, she's been in the ministry for over 30 years. Uh, she's married for 25 and has four kids. Um, are they boys or girls or both or all? Are you like Amanda? Do you have four boys? <laughs> right. No, no, I do. I don't know how she does it. Hi, everybody. It's just a joy to be here. We have my sister in common and my brother-in-law, Ryan Anderson, that was on your show. And yeah, they have four boys. We've got two girls and two boys. Um, next year, I'll have three in college and our youngest is 13. So well, I want to interject too that she has a eternal lifestyle brand with, called Jesus People Co., which is is designed uh, for creating a space for God in everyday places through inspirational streetwear, which is a clothing based uh, business, which is awesome. I love that Jesus People. That's that's great, and uh, so we're excited about all that. And she's an entrepreneur as well, which is always fun to talk to entrepreneurs, people who just jump out there and just do stuff. So, April, welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. Thank yes. you so much. Thanks. It's, I'm excited to be here. I actually thought when uh, my sister first told me about you guys and I went and listened and and we talked, I thought, man, I don't know if I'm fringy enough uh, <laughs> to be on here. But then I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, I think most people would think that hearing from God on everyday things, on which way to drive to school and how to raise your kids and, and what chores to do, how to clean your house is probably pretty fringy. Yeah. So maybe maybe I'll fit. We'll see. Yeah, I mean that that that's <laughs> as that's as wacky as Dogman and Bigfoot to a lot of Christians, sadly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just hearing it from really God. Is. It really is. I always say God God cares about what you care about because God cares about you. And you're right. That's a really fringy statement to make that God would care about the little things and the everyday stuff that he would want to even talk to you about it if well, it's not and, cheaper or something you know well and i want to interject here one of my primary reasons of why i wanted you on the show and, and why i think you're important it, 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 that the topic itself is fringy but it's not you know like as fringy so but but it is something that the fringe community needs to hear because there is a a there is a dearth of discernment going on in the French community. And, and I've noticed it's either one of two ditches. The, the one ditch is people have no discernment and anything that comes down the pike, they believe it, anything. Um, yeah. Because, mm -hmm. because they've been challenged in things past. They've been challenged about, uh, well, 
that that's you know that's true now and so i didn't see that in the bible so whatever else comes along must be true too and, and then you have the other ditch which is the hyper mean-spirited discernment ditch where you people you're 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 like on a witch hunt to find everybody's doctrine and nitpick it to death and it, saying that you're doing the, the the church a favor by getting heretics when in reality um i tell people if we're all if we're all honest, we all have wrong doctrine, and we just don't know what it is. If we knew what it was, <laughs> we would change it. You know, so that's true. That's true. So a little self awareness and humility needs to be had by that side. So, but no, but, the dis- but the discernment is needed, and and how do we have discernment? Well, people will throw that verse out. Test the spirits. Well, that's that's only in in the context of dealing with deliverance and and stuff like that. Testing the spirits is is very a very specific thing that you ask a demon when you confront it but people take that and they they plaster that and make everything about discernment about testing the spirits and that's not what in context it means at all but there is a place for discernment and i think it goes back to what you're going to talk about today it's hearing god and then and obeying and walking in in that revelation that you get from god so start us off with a story and and get us in with what we're going to talk about today well, oh my God, when you said, you know, testing the spirits, this is not the story that I first wanted to jump into, but this is the one that just comes to mind. Um, I was raised in church. I was raised believing in healing. Matter of fact, um, my mom was was healed from multiple sclerosis. Um, mm. super supernaturally. I mean, it's just awesome. God, we have we have seen God work in our life. As a little girl, I saw angels. Um, I've seen demons. I've I've seen some of the fringy things, um, but I will say nothing. Nothing compares to hearing the voice of God in your own heart. Amen. Uh, but when you said discerning spirits, so as a kid, I mean, I love my favorite Bible stories were the ones where somebody was raised from the dead. Um, you know, the little boy that fell out the window and and um, Peter prayed for him and just I love I love these stories. And so I've always in my little kid mind had this expectation to raise someone from the dead. And I was driving years, years ago, my children who are all in college now, I mean, they were, we had babies in the car and I was driving home and we had this bridge with this kind of deep ravine over it. And I saw the police department, the fire department was out there and they were pulling a body up on a stretcher from this ravine. And it was completely covered. And immediately, immediately on the inside of me, I mean, I got, I got the shakes. I had goosebumps. I had every physical experience and reaction to seeing that, that you would think was the Holy Spirit. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is my moment. This is the moment. I, I've got to go raise this person from the dead. Wow. And I'm, I know, I know what the word says about this. This is it. And I mean, I had this overwhelming drive to go and and raise that person from the dead and so i'm just starting to pray and i'm praying and and i'm circling around and all of a sudden within within me i hear don't do it and i'm like well i just rebuke that in the name of jesus i rebuke that spirit in the name of jesus try no i can do this i can do all things through cross it shrinks me and i'm just starting to confess the scriptures and i'm circling back around the block and i hear inside of me do do not do it and I'm like, I take authority over that in the name of Jesus. And that voice, I always say the voice of God sounds like a thought that comes up from your heart, not down from your head. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's really That's cool. important to That's know. Good. Yeah. 
And so I keep hearing this voice on the inside of me saying, don't do it. And I, so I start praying harder. And then I'm like, this doesn't make sense. That sounds like the voice of God saying not to do it. But I, I'm, I mean, I'm literally feel the anointing of God as I'm shaking and have goosebumps and just the atmosphere of my car is so charged spiritually. So I'm having this conflicting evidence in a sense. I've got the voice on the inside saying, don't go. And I've got the atmosphere of my car charged with what feels like power. And so um, just the goodness of God even overwhelms me right now. And so I just, I heard a lady say one time that was preaching, she said, if you don't know if you're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit or if it's a deceptive spirit, she said, you just say, I take authority over every spirit in the name of Jesus. And I command you to be silent. And Holy Spirit, if this is you, I ask you to speak again. And I'm so thankful I had heard that because I was rounding the corner um, to where this dead body, they had almost gotten him all the way up to the top of the bridge. And so I did that. I, I said that and I said, Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak again if this is you. And I hear so clearly on the inside of me, don't do it. And it, mm. when I had spoke, when I had prayed that immediately, that charge, that, that power charge that I was feeling in the atmosphere around me stopped. Mm. And I, I, so I submitted, I thought, Lord, you know, I don't know if it's just because I'm not ready or I haven't fasted and I haven't prayed. And so I'm looking at the works, right? I'm like, I don't know if I'm worthy, but I really do believe you can do this, Lord. I really do. And we, but I submit, I will not do this since you're asking me not to, I won't do it. Obviously you can't do it if it's not him doing it. Right. So I go around and I pass over the scene just as the body gets to the top of the bridge and they pull the cover off. And it was a dummy. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was a training dummy. They were on a training exercise of how to, how to rescue someone from the ravine. And I'm just so thankful to God, That's so crazy. thankful for the discerning <laughs> of spirits and for not being made a fool of, because, you know, Satan would definitely try to set you up. You know, those of us that believe in the things of God, he will try to set you up and do foolish things to damage your faith, mm -hmm. you know? And your reputation too, you know? Yeah. And makes, your re yep. Can you imagine? Can yep. you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, glory to God. So yeah, there's, I mean, spirits speak. That's what they do. Spirits speak. And whether you are aware of, of that you hear them or you're unaware that you hear them, we do hear them. We were designed to hear the spirit of God. So we hear spirits. It might show up in the, in, in fear, um, anger, um, you know, so spirits speak and, and we need to be aware of that. But the Holy Spirit's the one we need to be tuned into. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So how did you first learn to hear God? Uh, what, what was your, your training? I'm, I'm sure you received teaching, but I'm sure a lot of it was just uh, practice. And that's something I think in the Christian life we don't put enough emphasis on is practice. I hear a lot of uh, heresy hustlers, what... Uh, a prophet will say something wrong one time and we have to stone him now because, you know, and they don't realize that the new covenant and old covenant is different. And, right. you know, and 
And, and we have to practice the spiritual gifts. We have to practice hearing God. We have to practice our, our whole spiritual life. And uh, so anyway, just, just go ahead and tell us how you um, came into uh, hearing God okay. and, and you just, just some foundational stuff about how people can begin to do that themselves. Okay. I think what you said is really important. It's, the, it's practice. And, um, you know, the Bible says to practice righteousness. Mm. And it talks a lot about not practicing, uh, not practicing sin, but practice righteousness. And I think people are, are afraid. Maybe they think that's fake, um, but it's not. It's, it's modeling. It's, it's, it's looking at Jesus and seeing how he did things and seeing how he taught his disciples and practicing and walking in those ways, just like you would practice, you know, what you see your parents doing when you're a child. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't dishonor him. It doesn't dishonor him. It brings him joy to see his people wanting to wanting to live the way he designed us to live, wanting us to walk like he walked. Well, it, it doesn't dishonor him any more than if you're teaching your child to ride a bike and they fall off. And that doesn't dishonor you. They get back right. on it and they, they try it again. Yeah, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. And you know, you miss it. I've missed it. I've missed yep. it. And I praise God for the for the times where I've missed it, and and when I do miss it, I go back. I don't praise him for the time that I missed it, but I praise him for learning and seeing that I miss it, you know? Right, right. And going back and evaluating, and I always, when something happens, um, that I know I have missed it. And I go back, and I'm like, Lord, show me. Show me how this, how this was able to happen. Show me, um, you know, we had a, a baby goat that we, were ra- we raised in our home one time, and, mm. and it got time to move out. And before we went to a kid's Christmas concert, I felt the, the Lord say, lock it up. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll be back. Lock it up. We're running late already. So I ignore the voice to lock it up. And I'm like, well, it'll be fine. We got to go. We're running late. And I came home just in time to see a mountain lion grab a hold of it. Oh, Literally man. happened in front of my eyes. And, um, and that was avoidable. There are things that are avoidable in our life. I believe you, that. Yes. Hear the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is given to us. And, and John, he's talking about um, he's our helper. He is our helper. He will show us things to come. He literally will tell us things that are coming in the future. Not so you just know the future, but so you can change. You can change the plans of the enemy or you can be prepared. You know, that's interesting. I, I'm thinking now, and, and of course, this is Old Covenant, too. I'm thinking about an Old Covenant story, the story about David, where he asked God, if I go up here, are they going to attack me? Or I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm out of context right now, but the basic gist of the story is there was someone who was going to come and attack him, and he asked the Lord, he, he consulted with the Lord, and he said, yeah, they're going to come and attack you. So he didn't go up there, and so they didn't attack. So he prevented you know, uh, David from being ambushed or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Y'all know what yeah. story I'm talking about. Yeah. We, and, see, uh, we see him go when his fam- his whole family and people were stolen and he's asking the Lord on whether to go and, and pursue and will he recover all? And the Lord says, yes, pursue and recover all. And we see that in the Old Testament a lot. Yes. I guess maybe because of the dynamic of the warfare and things. But, but how much more when you've got the spirit of God on the inside of you, Yes. On the inside of you, how much more should we be hearing these things? When, when mm-hmm. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come, and that's, yeah, John 14, 
Jesus starts speaking about the Holy Spirit coming, uh, verse 16. And then you go down a little farther and he's telling you that he will, he will tell you the future. He will show you things. Um, man, it's just, I tell you, just doing everyday life with God is so exciting. Well, but that's, um, but that's fringy too. I mean, you know, it is. It, it's yeah. not taught, it's not taught in majority of the body of Christ that, uh, we need to listen to God and that listening to him can make a major difference in how we, how our lives turn out. Because what I call hyper meticulous sovereignty in a, a lot of these doctrines, it's almost case sarah, sarah. And, and so it doesn't matter, but, but we see in the old and particularly the new Testament, we see, a a definite, like, yeah, it matters if you hear God or not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I've noticed in the Old Covenant that most of the biggest mistakes that these people made in the Old Covenant is God told them something, and they didn't do it, or they didn't go to him first. Look at Samuel, David. They didn't go to yeah. him first and consult God first before they did an action. Well, I mean, if David hadn't have gone and gotten his family back in that situation we were talking about, then they wouldn't have been rescued. Simple yeah. as that. That's true. Yep. It's a partnership. It it has to do with obedience. And in the old covenant, you see that the promises of God are connected to obedience. Mm. And there's consequences when you don't. And a lot of people think, well, God's bringing the bad consequences. No, it's already here because of the state of mankind and the fall and sin. It's mm. already here. I always say what you know what Jesus what Jesus did is it almost it like reversed it in the Garden of Eden. You have Um, everything was God's perfect will for man. Everything was God's perfect will for man. And they had to go to the tree of choice, is what I call it, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They have to go to the tree of choice to be able to get out of God's will. Well, then you see it almost like a, uh, like a reverse or almost, you know, like an old picture negative type thing. You see this at the cross where everything once the fall of man happened. Now we've got the curses over the earth. It's not God's perfect will, but Jesus provided us a tree of choice. You go to that tree of choice, which is Jesus, what he did for us on the cross. You can access the perfect will of God in your life through that tree of choice. Mm, that's good. So it's just, like, it's yeah. just the opposite of how it was in the, in the Garden of Eden. They had to go to the tree of choice to get out of God's perfect will. Here, we have to go to the tree of choice to get in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, walking with God is not for the lazy, case sera sera um, Christian that just whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. You know, that's what people like to say is the sovereignty of God. Well, God is sovereign in the sense that he knows all things. He's above all things, but he is not sovereign in the sense of he is contr- in control of all things. Mm-hmm. Only because for a period of time, he has given authority to the hands of man. Yeah, you're speaking our language there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what an honor. What an honor to, to walk with God. So I was raised in a Christian home. I, I learned to hear God a lot from seeing people hear God, seeing mm-hmm. how they heard God, knowing what the word of God says. You will recognize his voice as you read his word. You know, used to, I would just read the word of God to check the religious box, um, but I don't do that. I sit down to fellowship with him, and I'm listening for what he sparks my heart. He'll draw my attention to a verse, and maybe I'll have to read it five times, 
And I, you just you recognize when your attention's being pulled to something, that's him trying to get your attention to meditate and have a conversation with him about it. Mm. But as a child, um, I was raised on the on a farm, and I remember playing around in my grandparents' guest bathroom, and I was just singing a little song. I had to be maybe like eight years old, and I was singing a little song. And all of a sudden, from within my heart, from, you know, that really where your heart is, I really believe that's that's where the spirit of God is. It's not right. in your physical organ, but it's right there in your chest. When you get angry, you feel you feel that pressure right there in your chest. Well, that's where I really I mean, I personally believe that's that's where your spirit man dwells. Mm -hmm. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're one with his spirit. Um. And so I was just singing a song, silly little song, and all of a sudden I had a thought that came up from my heart, and I heard, I love you. And as a, as a little kid, I was like, wait a second, how can, I, how can my brain be occupied with singing and, and using my imagination, coming up with this song, and I hear, I love you at the same time? How can I think two things at once? You can't. And so <laughs> you can't. And it just, it struck me odd. It was not an audible, it wasn't an audible voice at all. It was an inside thought, but it was happened at the same time as my mouth and my mind was occupied. And so I did an experiment um, and I decided to sing a little song about peas and carrots and just say peas and carrots over and over again. It was from some exercise that we learned in choir class. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to sing peas and carrots over and again, and then I'm going to listen to see if I hear that voice at the same time. So this is my little investigative um, uh, experiment as a, as a child. And so I start saying peas and carrots, peas and carrots, and listening to see if anything else, and I hear that same voice again on the inside of me come as a thought up from my heart, not down from my head. And I heard him say, I love you. And mm. I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And so that's where I really started to learn. And I'm thankful that I recognize the difference between a thought that comes up from your heart versus one that came down from your head. And I was able to experience one coming down from my head at the same time one came up from my heart. So I could tell and distinguish between the two as a child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I just started developing, developing that ear to hear. You know, Jesus says a lot about uh, if any man has an ear to hear, let him hear. And you, that's your spiritual ear. It's a spiritual awareness of your looking to him. And so the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. So as I grew, I became more and more intentionally aware of the spirit of God on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so... As I would play, as I would sing, as I would do whatever I was doing, as I'd make choices on where to go out on the farm um, and look for treasure or look for little animals, um, I would engage the mind of Christ on the inside of me. So I wouldn't just think, hey, should I go to the barn or should I go to the big tree in the field? I would intentionally look to receive the answer. I don't know if this is making sense. I would, I would intentionally think with the Holy Spirit, 
and think, should I go to the barn or should I go to the tree in the field? And instead of listening for my mind to come up with the idea, I would listen for the thought that came up from my heart. Does that hmm. make sense? Oh, yeah. It makes perfect yes. sense. And so I remember we had, I don't know if you had, guys had these things called horny toads um, oh, yeah. around where you guys live. Um, yeah. Mississippi. But we had them. We had them all over on the farm at that time. And I wanted to see a baby one. And so I would go out and I would do that. I would, I would ask the Lord, I was like, Lord, I really want to see a baby horny toad. I want to catch one. And so I would ask the Lord, I'm, or I'm thinking, I wasn't even just saying, Lord, which way should I go? I'm just thinking, but engaging the mind of, of, of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Where should I go? Where should I look? Should I turn to the right or to the left? And listening for that leading of the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, I found that ba a baby horny toad. I mean, the smallest one I ever found, picked it up, played with it for a while. I mean, this is how I learned to walk with God, honestly, is learning to literally walk. Do I go to the left or the right? <laughs> mm -hmm, Engaging mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit. And then seeing and receiving that thing that I was looking for mm -hmm. as a child. So that was really the proof of knowing that I was hearing him of the difference between, okay, I walked to the left for a little bit. I didn't find anything. Then I had the thought come up to right, go to the right. And then I found it. So you're starting to really learn the difference and hone in as a child, the difference between your own thinking and reasoning and the voice of the Holy Spirit as a thought from your heart. You know what I, I equate a lot of it as, um, and and I'm not a I'm not a female, so I, I I don't understand this like my wife does or like you would or anything. But I've always heard, and and I I've kind of noticed it too. Like if you have a a group of babies in another room crying, you when your baby starts to cry, you can tell your baby crying of all the other babies because <laughs> it's because it's your baby and you're so used to its voice. Even in crying, you know it's your baby. And I just think that that's, and I know there's probably something definitely spiritual and supernatural about that as well. Yeah. I, however, though, I just think it's really interesting that women can intuitively, and I think men probably can too if they developed it, intuitively know that, wow, that's my baby in there crying, you know? Yeah. And so right. that, that comes from, though, practice and, and hearing that baby cry so often. Um, our youngest cried. He had colic. He cried all the time, and I could, I could hear him anywhere and and, and discern his cry. Uh, it, it, and so is that similar to what you're talking about? You just you just start to learn his voice, and you it's do. just you just naturally know it, like it's mm -hmm. a fact. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, you yeah. do. I think part of it, you know, using that analogy, which is a good one of a mother knowing a baby's cry. Part of that is the familiarity. Mm -hmm. uh, of hearing it. And the other part is that is that spiritual connection of the fact that um, that it's a part of you. That child is a part of you um, and just came, you know, mm. just came from you. How much more the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, that you are a part of him and he's a part of you. So you've got that connection and you've got the opportunity to develop the ear to hear. Mm -hmm. Lizzie, do you have any questions that you want to throw out here? Yeah, well, yeah, I actually did. You In the, uh, the episode I listened to, it was just the one about seeing and hearing from God. I can't remember the exact title, but 
you talked about the importance of just kind of imagery and imagination and, and hearing God and learning to hear God. I was wondering if you could go into that a little. Yeah, I actually asked the Lord. Um, so I noticed that um, I, so the Lord will, I, I can move. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it the correct way, but um, I've noticed a prophetic gifting uh, from the Holy Spirit on my life. And as I have put myself out there to function in that gifting of the Holy Spirit, I've noticed uh, for me that the Lord will show me pictures a lot of time in the imagination of my heart. And then as I speak it out, what I'm seeing, the interpretation comes. And so um, I worked at a women's shelter and I would teach these women how to do life with God and and there would be different little kind of exercises the Lord would give me in a sense. He wouldn't even tell me what it was. He would just, I would hear from the Lord, you know, grab these certain things, these objects and and take them. And it's like, okay. And it was really a training process for me. And I would get there and I would unload my bag and put these things out on the table that the Lord told me to get. And he wouldn't tell me what he was going to do with them until I, I mean, it was literally a step-by-step. Step. And, um, in this in this exercise that he had, I would have all the ladies, okay, everybody grab grab one of these things. And they would take something. And then I'm like, okay, God, now what are we doing? And he said, now I want you uh, to, to listen and I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to give a prophetic word to these people and speak to their heart. Um, but using whatever the, the picture, the thing was that they ended up taking mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a basis. And so... It was really an exercise of trust in him um, and hearing from him and engage, you know, just moving in the prophetic. And I'm, it was amazing because every single time I heard from the Lord and it was right on and it wasn't ever about the thing. It was it was just um, it was really just an exercise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't that might sound weird. And I would always say, don't do it unless the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, because I feel like that could cross over to witchcraft really easily. So right. it's important to do the things that Good the caveat. Lord shows you to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did I practice you you did talk about just asking the Lord, Lord, show me what your your love for me looks like. And and I and I did that. And it was really cool. I, I saw a flame, like a huge flame. And kind of even scribble that down in my yellow notepad here this morning. And yeah, it's just just a really super practical um, way to to get people kind of just to dip their toe into that. I would I would say yeah yeah. yeah. That's really one of the ways. And I would say um, I would say let's ask the Lord uh, to show you a picture of His love for you. Mm-hmm. And as, um, you know, some people really wouldn't get anything at first, but it's just like, you have to engage your imagination. That's really, faith is connected to your imagination. Yes, right? totally. There's, yes. A, there's an imagination of the heart. This is why I really believe part of the reason why God says we're supposed to have faith like a child. Their imagination is unhindered. And as you get older, your imagination starts to get hindered because of disappointments in life mm-hmm. and just... Um, and bad teaching. some of the... And bad teaching. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to stir up that imagination. And, and just like you, you can tell when that imagination goes from your, your head thinking and drops down into your heart. You yeah. can tell mm-hmm. the yeah. difference. As you start becoming more self-aware 
and God aware, you start really um, experiencing the difference within yourself from your head to your heart. And um, I would ask the Lord, Lord, show me a picture of your love for me. And I would have other people do it. And whatever picture they got, and then I would say, now ask the Lord to tell you about it. And it was so beautiful hearing from the Lord, this is a really good practical way. And I asked the Lord one time, I said, God, I've experienced this. Um, I know it's true. I know I've heard from you. I've led other people into practicing hearing from you. Of course, you always judge what you hear by the word of God. Mm-hmm. He will never contradict himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, Amen. if you see a if you see a flame and and you know the thought that comes to you is is um, I hate you and want you to burn. You know, obviously that is not the yeah. Lord, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you judge it by the word of God. And um, but I was asking him. I said, Lord, I need us. I do need to see this in your word. I need it. Would you show me where? Where in your word is, is someone practicing hearing from you and practicing um, moving in the prophetic? And he took me to Jeremiah. I mean, instantly, I just had the, the thought come to my heart, Jeremiah. And so I open up and I just start reading. And um, I know you're probably familiar with it. And, and this is where Jeremiah's saying, um, he calls them to be a prophet. I've known you from your mother's womb. and he. He says, but I'm just a child. And the Lord starts telling him, calling him to be a prophet. And in verse 11 of one chapter, the first chapter in Jeremiah, it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, oh, Jeremiah, what do you see? And it says, I see a branch of an almond tree. And then the Lord says, you have seen well, for I'm actively watching over my word to fulfill it. And then he asked again, oh, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he says, I see a pot of oil or something like that tilting over. And the Lord says, you've seen very well for this is what, so this is what it means. And so you see the Lord working with Jeremiah, who is a young man. And the way that Jeremiah is like, oh no, I'm not a prophet. I can't be a prophet. I'm too young. And the Lord says, no, I've called you to be a prophet. Here's what I've called you to do. And really in verse 10, you see kind of the definition of what a prophet is. It says, behold, I put my word in your mouth. Um, for an appointed time over these days to uproot and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. That right there is a good definition of what um, what a prophet does. Mm-hmm. And so, but he tells him the the Lord here. He's having a conversation with God. This young man is having a conversation with God, and God is training him how to be a prophet. He's training him how to see in the spirit. And he says, what do you see? Now, I do not believe that Jeremiah literally was seeing an almond branch and a pot of oil tipping over in the same setting right in front of him. I really do believe that these were, these were what he saw in the imagination of his heart, yeah. from his spirit. Yeah. yeah. And then God said, you have seen well, for this is what it means. So that right there was, was what I needed. It's like, okay, I've experienced this in my own life that we are supposed to practice seeing and hearing by the spirit. Um, but now I see it in the word of God so I can confidently really go forward and share this with other people. Yeah, that's awesome. That's incredible. Well, let me um, ask you this. I want to kind of uh, shift this uh, another direction 
Um, you were talking about some training exercises. Uh, I, I want to make this uh, podcast very practical. Could you could you give our people that are listening maybe some uh, uh, a few things of like quote homework that they can begin to if they're new at hearing God that they can begin to practice. And then also I I want to and this is two questions. I'll, I'll do you journal? How do you keep track of the of what you hear from God? Do you use journaling to do that? And then. And what method do you use to do that? Uh, you can answer those any 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 order you want to answer those in. Okay. Um, what we just talked about with asking the Lord, show me a picture of your love for me and sit down with a piece of paper so you can write it out. Uh, that's always a great question to ask the Lord. He always wants to tell you about how much he loves you. He yeah. always does. He is yeah. love. He is love himself manifested. Mm. So he could tell, he could tell, talk to you every single moment of your life about his love for you and never repeat himself. So you just ask him that as much as you want, and he will always have an answer for you. Mm. Um, and that's what he wants you to know that he loves you. So, so doing that, sitting down with him, saying, Lord, I just ask you to show me about your love for me. And then listening to the thoughts that come up from your heart, not down from your head. Now, if you're not sure and you think, well, I don't know if that's coming from my heart or my head, write mm -hmm. it down. Mm -hmm. Again, you will, you will recognize if it's from the Lord or not. It, he will never contradict his word. And God speaks loving things. He, he doesn't speak condemning, hateful things. Even the correction of the Lord is good um, mm -hmm. for growth. And so, but... First of all, it's important that you actually have received Jesus, because if mm -hmm. you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is there is nothing on the inside to speak to you Amen. that is of God. Yes. So you want to hear the voice of God, you first got to give your life to him. And then then he moves on the inside. And that's so easy to do. It's crazy how easy it is to have him, you know, come inside. And then you do journaling like that. And the next thing is when you sit down to read, read scripture and you need to be reading scripture. Um, when you sit down to read scripture, I always ask the Lord, um, I ask the Lord, where should I read? You know, and it's not necessarily like I'm sitting and, and really at Lord, where should I read? I sit down and I think to myself and think to him, uh, where should I read today? And just kind of listen to see if I get any direction or anything specific from the Lord in my mm -hmm. heart, and I go uh -huh. to that, and I listen. Or if I'm reading a Bible plan, um, which I honestly don't normally do because I, I just hear better from Him when I'm being led by Him, I listen for Him to speak to me from His Word and to teach me, because the Holy Spirit is called your teacher. So the, I would think that teaching you the things of God from the Word of God is of the utmost that he is wanting to teach you, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's your teacher. So as you're reading the Bible, you need to be expected to be taught by the Holy Spirit. So you're coming out with more understanding than what you went into. But God is practical and he is relational and he is every single day. And so I do journal. I don't journal um, uh, just crazy consistently. Um I hear God every day and we visit. Um, there are things when I really need to focus in and meditate and, and get some real firm answers and directions. I'll sit down with um, a, a pad and, some, and a pen because it helps me focus. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a good thing to do. But God is really, really practical. He is, I remember 
And I'll jump to this story that I wanted to tell. Being raised in church, loving the Lord, hearing his voice. And I was raised in a church. Um, I was raised non-denominational. So we believe in, we believe that God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to heal you. Um, that everything that, everything that is good um, comes from him. And he has that for us. And we were young, married, had two little kids at the time, and um, we made the decision to live off of one income, that when we had kids, I would stay home and raise them. And it was a sacrifice, but we trusted the Lord with it. And we were struggling, and we were literally living on a prayer. And we had run down the kitchen. I had run the kitchen down to where we didn't have any groceries left. And I had $30 in grocery money. That's all I had to spend. Mm. And I mean, we were out of everything. And I remember sitting and I'm thinking, this is, this is not God's best for me. I know it's like, I believe that God has good things for me. I believe that he has a future and a hope for me. I believe um, that he will prosper the work of our hands, but I need something now. You know, I believe mm-hmm. in the future. Hey, he's got my future taken care of. As long as we're listening and obeying, we're going to get there. We're working on something. We're building something. But I need to see something now. How how do I see God today? Mm-hmm. Because I was confident in God in my tomorrow. I was confident in the future, but I needed God today. And um, so I was sitting down to to make my grocery list and read the Word of God. And I had him right there. And I just opened up my Bible to Psalms 103, and I'm reading it. And it starts off with, don't forget his benefits, um, is, is how that starts. And it goes in, I mean, you should read Psalms 103. If, if your listeners haven't read it in a while, go back. It says, praise the Lord on my soul and all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Holy name. I mean, that's every yeah. part of you. And don't forget Praise the Lord, all my soul. Your soul has to do with your mind, your will, your emotions. And I was pretty down because we were poor <laughs> and hungry. And we lived in the ghetto of, of um, a ghetto area and stuff. And so it says, rejoice, praise the Lord, all my soul and forget not all of his benefits. So it's your soul that needs to be reminded of the benefits of the Lord. And it goes in of forgiving our sins and mm. he heals all our diseases and he redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. And this is what got me. And it says in verse five, it says, and he satisfies your mouth with good things was the translation that I have. Some says um, your desires, but this one said, he satisfies my mouth with good things mm. and then renews your youth like the eagles. And when I read that, it's like the desire of the word of God reached up and grabbed a hold of my spirit, grabbed a hold of my heart. And all of a sudden I go, I want that. Literally said it out of my mouth. It just, mm. this want came up on the inside of me. I want that. Want what? I want my mouth filled with good things. I was tired of peanut butter, mac and cheese, um, and chicken, you know, uh, and rice. I was just done with it. The cheapest of the cheap foods is what we could eat. I wasn't a great cook. I cooked the same thing. I was just done. I wanted my mouth filled with good things. And as the word created the desire, and I said, I want this, I heard the Lord say, write down what you want. My grocery list was right beside me. And I just, I ignored it as being the Lord. I was just like, 
thinking it was myself. I was like, I can't, I can't afford what I want. And I heard it again, write down what you want. It's like, I can't afford what I want. And I heard it a third time, write down what you want. And I knew it was God. And so I thought, man, I could write all day long of all the foods I don't want, but I don't know what I want. It had been too long since I had thought, what it is, what do I want? Because I couldn't afford what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I said, God, I don't know what I want. What do I want? Lord, what would be good to me? And I feel like that's so key. I feel like that's such a big key. I, and I say now I'm confident that I can have whatever I want when you get your want from God. You know, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. I can have whatever I want when I get my want from God. That's yeah. right. And that's, that's key. what Can't I learned. Wrong with that one. No. Yeah, that's I learned that day how to get my want from the Lord, how to start. Uh, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So he needs you to, he needs you to recognize the want from the Lord within your heart and then to ask for it so you can actually have it. Mm-hmm. And this is that partnership with the Lord. And so I said, Lord, so I listened. I said, Lord, what is it that I want? And immediately the desire for lamb and for shrimp came to came to the mind of my heart. And so I wrote that down. That was the only two things that came. And then I just wrote down the milk and the butter and the eggs that I the bread that I needed. But chicken was not on the list. <laughs> and so um anyway, and then I just took that took that list and lifted it up to the Lord and I said, God, your word says that you fill my mouth with good things. And I receive this by faith in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I put my babies in the car and I drove um, to the grocery store and walking inside. And I mean, I am, I am nervous. Honestly, I'm nervous. I'm about to find out whether I heard from the Lord or whether I'm a big fool. And I was concerned because if I miss God on this, this would really hurt my faith. And how could I ever, how could I trust that I know how to hear from God? Mm-hmm. And so, but I went and I'm just praying in the spirit. Um, which is, seems a little fringy now too, but I'm telling you, don't knock it till you try it because it's the best uh, praying with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going back all the way to the seafood counter and I'm looking and I'm looking all of a sudden I see this price tag of $1.34 that I could afford. And so um, behind it were these giant gulf prawns, these giant shrimp. And I asked the guy, I said, is this right? And he comes around and he says, no. <laughs> he said no. He said no. I'm sorry. Uh, we had something else there, and they forgot to change out the sign. And immediately, my heart kind of dropped, and I had a moment whether to let go or to to hold on. And as he's walking away, immediately I grab a hold of faith. It's like it's slipping through my fingers, and I grab a hold of it. And just inside, it's like no. My mouth is filled with good things, and I receive those good things in the name of Jesus. I mean, this all happens in a split second. But when I made that decision in my heart, I am not letting go of this. I am holding on. The man stopped mid-step. I kid you not. The moment I decided not to let it go in my heart, he stopped mid-step, slowly turned towards me and said, ma'am, hold on a second. He said, let me see how much we have. And he came back. He said, we have so much of that shrimp. I'm going to give you as much as you want for that price. I didn't ask him to do it. I didn't say anything out of my mouth. Mm. It was a heart decision whether to believe or to let it go. And I believe if I would have let it go, he would have kept on walking. Mm. But because I made the decision to hold on, I got, 
I think I got like five pounds of that shrimp and then walked down. And I mean, my faith is just sky high and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm rejoicing inside with the Lord. And they had just marked down a leg of lamb on clearance. I got everything on my list that day for the $30 that I had. And that was the moment that I realized that I am not limited by my husband's income. I am only limited by my ability to believe God. And so I started taking everything to the Lord. If I had a desire for an exercise bike, I would draw a picture. I said, Lord, is this you? I draw a picture of it. And I said, well, I just believe by faith in the name of Jesus. And I'm listening for desires that come up in my heart. Now, this, this again is I can have whatever I want when I get my want from God. But he cares about things. The, the Bible says that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. You know, and in um, Second Peter, Second Peter, he says, um, says, for his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him, true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. That's Second Peter 1, 3. And so he cares about what we care about. He wants to he wants to give us things that pertain to life and godliness and he'll give you desires for things. He'll give your kids desires for things when you're listening. And then you get the honor and the joy to walk out the receiving it with him, which is a process. That's mm -hmm. where the practice comes in. That's where the print that it says his divine power has granted to us everything mm. pertaining to life and godliness. That's what I did as a child with looking for those little lizards and things is you know, does God care about a kid having a lizard? He sure cares about you knowing his voice. Yeah. He sure cares about you knowing that he cares about what you care about because he cares for you. Does your kids, does God care about, you know, your kid getting this thing or that thing? He sure cares about them trusting him for it. He sure cares about them learning that he is the source of every good and perfect gift. You know, and I had, I've been criticized, believe it or not. <laughs> I've been criticized for teaching my kids to believe God for things, but I'm te but I can tell you now having almost three kids in college, our youngest is our, our middle one is about to graduate this year and head out is I have raised my kids to be independently dependent on God, which means come Christmas time, you don't hand mommy and daddy a Christmas list. You don't write to Santa Claus. You're asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do I ask for? What do I believe for? And you put your face and believe God to do it. Don't look to mom and dad to do it. Don't look to mom and dad to buy your car. Don't look to mom and dad to do this. Now, are we a main source of provision for our children? Absolutely, we mm -hmm. are. And we are looking for him to provide these things. But when you teach your kids to be independently dependent on God, that if they have a desire, if they have a want, if they have a need, they need to first go to the Holy Spirit and talk about it with him. And um, I'm, the pressure is off of us and God will always get the glory and no thing will own you. No thing will own you because you've seen God do it and you can give it away when God tells you to give it away. And oh, he will. Mm -hmm. He'll bring things into your hands and give you desire to believe him for something that's really for somebody else, mm. you know, and that's such a joy. But it's like, this is how, this is how you, you come against materialism is you get your material things through the adventures with God, through doing yeah. life with God.
Mm-hmm. And then it's always about the adventure. It's always about, oh my goodness, the Lord told me to go to this store and they had stuff 90% off and I got these amazing jeans that I've been wanting a great pair of jeans. People think God doesn't care about that. He does because it brings him glory. It does because every time you wear those jeans, you're like, let me tell you how God led me to these jeans. It's never about the thing. It's never about the thing. It is always about getting to do life with God. And life is made up of everyday, non-exciting stuff. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. life, but he wants to be in it. Jesus literally died to spend 24-7 every single moment of every day, his spirit on the inside of you. He's not just waiting for eternity to spend all the time with you. He wants to do it now. But people leave him out of everything except for Sundays and Sundays. Well, you know, that this this whole thing that you're saying, that this this one verse keeps ruminating in my head, and I think this encapsulates exactly what you're getting at. It's in John 17, and Jesus said, and this is eternal life, to know the Father and, and Him who He sent, the Son whom He sent. And so all this boils down to people hear people talk about this kind of stuff and they think, oh, they're, they're materialistic or they're just wanting stuff. But in reality is, it's, no, it's not that at all. We want the interaction and the fellowship with a father. You know, We want to be able to run and jump into his lap and, and ask him. We want the, the, the it's like I, I, I tell people all the time, we don't want to make cookies for God. We want to make cookies with God. We want to, yes. like, like yes. you said, we yes. want to be on this adventure with God. And, and there's been examples throughout the church history of a guy named Brother Lawrence and, and Frank Lombach and other different people where it's not about the stuff. And we get trapped on focusing on that end when it, it, it's about the relationship and it's about the intimacy. And that is the eternal life. And the other yes. is, just, is just fruits of it. Hearing God and, and obeying him is eternal life. And I think we miss that. We always want to put it to the end of our lives. We always, and we want to make it temporal instead mm-hmm. of it, it, it actually being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Lindsay? Uh, ontological is a big theological word. That's a big word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, we want to make eternal life about time and not about uh, essence and not about uh, mm. what it is. We have eternal life as soon as we accept him and, and are converted and are born again we have that eternal life in us mm. and we're walking it out. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a state of being. It's a type of life. Uh, for example, yeah. um, animals have animal life and plants have plant life. Well, God has eternal life. And so we get to participate in the divine eternal life. And that is, it, that's a, what I'm hearing. Quality. It's a quality it's a, of life. It's a, it's a quality and not a quantity of life. Yeah. And, and that's what I hear you saying, April, correct me if I'm wrong, but all this interacting with the Lord, it's not about just, oh, I want 10 steps to get my prayers answered. It's, it's all about, I want to interact and hear his voice and be intimate with him. And, and that, I get my prayers answered, but, it, but that's not the goal. The goal is being with him. Is that what I'm hearing from you? That's what you're hearing. You know, I didn't get married to see my, to just see my husband ever once in a while. I got married because I love him and I want to spend my life with him. Mm. And it's the same with the Lord is, you know, you, you give your life to Jesus. 
because you love him and you want to spend your life with him, mm-hmm. not because you just want to, you know, go to heaven. Well, you're going to be with him in heaven. It's funny that you said we look at eternity as as like a time thing, which is funny because eternity is the one place where time isn't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's exactly. Like, it's, yep. it's it's not there. It is. It's. It really is about the relationship. And I mean, everyday stuff is an is an adventure when you have God. You're. I mean, I ask him still to this day. I ask him which way do I drive to school? You know, to pick up my kids. Um, where which grocery store do I go to today? Where should I go to lunch? And when you are tuned in to just honoring the fact that he's in there, you know, if you and I were hanging out all day long. How rude would it be for me not to speak to you? Yeah. How rude would it be for me not to engage you in conversation? Well, he's with us every single moment of every single day. How rude for us not to acknowledge him and include him. Hey, where should I go to lunch today? It's really, hey, where should we go to lunch today? Mm-hmm. And when you learn to, to honor him in just the everyday life decisions, this is where you're at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. You're in place to pray for that person and see healing come into their life. You're in place to rescue that girl, true story, to rescue that girl um, that's, that's homeless and just been roaming around a parking lot with her suitcase. I mean, just being willing to say, Lord, you know, what do I want to eat today? And go to that place. I tell you, this is how you get those God divine appointments mm-hmm. where you see his power affecting other people's lives. You know, a lot of people not believe in healing and not believe in in just asking God where to go to lunch or, or where to get coffee or if to get coffee that day. And and I'm, they're connected. They mm-hmm. are connected. Mm-hmm. Moving in the supernatural and seeing other people freed and healed and experiencing God is absolutely connected to you just walking with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and two, us learning in the small things, you know, he, he gives us the small things to, to practice first before he gives us the big things yeah. and, and learning, learning in the small things. This, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the community, the French community and just the Christian community as a whole today. Learning in the small things helps us begin to discern and hear his voice for the big things because we have more faith to believe that we're hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. Would, wouldn't you say that's accurate, April? I mean, yeah. 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 It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, as far as like some fringy stuff, again, I have seen, I've seen my, my son supernaturally saved from drowning. Um, floating in a pond uh, with a lily pad wrapped around his nose. I mean, we have seen supernatural stuff. I've seen angels. I've seen demons. Um, you know, I, I believe in, in a lot of these fringy things that, that I know that y'all discuss. And I, I, have no, not, I don't have the knowledge that y'all do on a lot of them. But so much of it boils down to, even with those things, um, none of that. I mean, seeing an angel does not even compare to hearing the voice of God on the inside. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I've, I've seen one with my eyes. And as magnificent as it is, it still does not hold a candle to knowing that you hear God's voice on the inside, mm-hmm. on just even everyday things. Seeing a demon going down the road in front of your house um, doesn't even move me 
doesn't even move me compared to hearing the voice of God. And I really see it. You see this with Jesus when the disciples, he sent them out. And I feel like this is a, a really healthy and the right perspective because Jesus said it. And he sent them out and he gave them authority over demons and uh, told them to go. And, you know, they were going to heal the sick. And this was like their first launching out, right? Mm-hmm. And they're about to do all of these miracles, the same kind of miracles they saw Jesus do. And they came back and out of everything that they experienced, they came back with this one thing they could not wait to tell Jesus about. And they came back and it's like, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They are so excited about seeing demons being subject to them in the name of Jesus. And his response is so fascinating because I feel like the church is in the same boat as the disciples. It's like, this is so exciting. This is amazing. You know, demons, this is, you know, supernatural. And his response is, don't rejoice that demons are subject to to you in my name. For I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. I always say like trash, piece of trash on fire. You know, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning to the earth, but rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Uh And it's like God's, Jesus, what was exciting to him is the fact that his disciples have been elevated to the very place that Satan was removed from. He, he used to be in heaven, but now we're seated in Christ Jesus. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's like, you got the wrong perspective. If you're super excited about all the supernatural and the demons and the demonic and that, that you, ha- you experienced power over them, let me give you some perspective. He's, he is nothing but a piece of trash that fell from heaven, but I have elevated you up there. That's how far above him you are. And I just, you know, so when you see all the supernatural things, that really puts it in perspective. It's like nothing, nothing is as impressive. Nothing is as exciting to me as just the fact that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself, the ruler and creator of the universe lives on the inside of me and actually wants to go to the grocery store today with me. Yeah. Mm That's, that's big. Give you some surf and turf there. Lamb, t- <laughs> lamb chops and shrimp. That's right. Lin- Lindsay, do you, ha- you have any questions you want to throw out here uh, for well, April? One, one, one more real quick one. Just I, I love the contrasts. You've, you're good at contrast. And in the, that, that same episode I listened to, you talked about, I, I want to say you worded it as seeing versus beholding. If you could, if you could go into that just briefly. It's been a while since I did that episode. Well, you said something to the effect of, you know, you can just see something and say, oh, glory to God, as a whole, as opposed to beholding it. Is it a matter of focus or? Okay, yeah. So when the Lord says even like delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a difference. That word delighting is if you're delighting in something, your eyes are either physically on it or your mind is on it. Mm-hmm. If you're delighting in something that your kids did or are doing, you're either watching them and you're delighting and watching them open their gifts on Christmas, or you're thinking about something that they did delightful, right? That brings delight. So something is engaged. It's, it's not just, oh, I delight in the Lord all the time. No, delighting is, it's, it's beholding. Mm-hmm. It's focusing. It's thinking about it. Your either eyes are on him or your mind is on him. 
And that's what that's what is the difference of opening and hearing his voice, hearing his voice on things. You know, the life of faith is nothing if it is not intentional. Mm, that's yep, that's good. You know, I don't let my kids say, um, kids, you know, I don't let them say, I don't care. I don't care. You know, that's kind of a common thing that, you know, you just something happened that they didn't like, but their response might be, well, I don't care. And it just got all over me one day. And it's like, we will not say that again. We will not say, I don't care in that sense, because I know you do. And we are people of faith, which means we live intentionally. So if we don't like something, we ask the Lord how to change it. You know, Mm -hmm. now we're Mm -hmm. not going to carry the care of that thing, but we're not going to just blow off and be unintentional in our life and let life happen to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for. No, yeah, that was Um, perfect. Yeah, but it's it is it's just being intentional. It's being God on the inside. You know, I've heard it said God inside minded. Yes, is you you start learning, you start focusing, you start training yourself to be aware that he's on the inside of you. And when you start doing that, I mean, you will, you will be transformed. You will change your, your language will change. Your habits will change because now you are being intentional about engaging with him and he will correct you. And you will start sensing when you grieve the Holy spirit, you will start sensing that your attitudes, I remember being in bed one time with four kids um, they weren't in the bed, but they were knocking on my door and bothering me. <laughs> I was trying to sleep in the morning. And I would say, what was, is what I would yell. And the Lord simply corrected me. And he said, say yes instead. He said, it's harsh. It's too harsh. And it, and it, it, it gives a harshness that's not who you are. You, are. you are a loving mother. So, I mean, that was just a simple little correction that because I'm doing life with the Lord, I've invited him into my thinking. Again, we've got the mind of Christ. Let's learn to think with him. I've trained myself to think with him. So it was easy to hear that thought instead of what, you know, what do you want? I just say, yes. (laughs) And it made all the difference. It made all the difference in not just how I came across to my kids. It made a difference within my own heart. Mm -hmm. Just saying, yes, question mark, you know, yes, Mm -hmm. you know, can mm-hmm. I help you? What well, What do you need? Made all the difference in the attitude of my heart, the attitude, the disposition of my heart from a state of annoyance with my kids to just simply, yes, can I help you? What do you need? I mean, it's a simple little thing, but it, but it really did transform the attitude of my heart and softened me. And God has simple solutions. For complicated problems. You know, mm-hmm. you could go to counseling and they could try to work. Well, why are you so frustrated with your kids? Well, how do you, you know, we need to soften that. You need to be a softer person. Well, let's go through these 12 steps to be a more loving mother. Or you could just get a simple solution from the Holy Spirit and he could say, don't say what, say yes. Hmm. Simple. And that one act of obedience softens your heart and transformation starts to happen. That's great. That's I like yeah. yes the simple simple yeah making it all simple bringing it back down to simplicity and then that's one of my favorite go to words. Well, let, let me ask you this: we we usually on our show we ask our guests uh, if they're a first time guest, what's the most supernatural thing that they've encountered since they've been saved and all that stuff. 
but you've shared so many supernatural, <laughs> supernatural things already. That you're way really, ahead of us there. Yeah, you're way ahead of us. But what I would like for you to do as we wind this up, I would like for you to sort of pray for our audience and and I, I don't know what other word to use, but commission them sort of to be able to hear God's voice or to, you get what I'm saying? If you will pray for I do. Yeah. I do. Well, first of all, let me say this right here that they need to know and they need to start saying is you need to know you can hear from God. Mm-hmm. His, he's, Jesus says in my word, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. And so there is a process of learning a stranger's voice that you will not follow. There's, there's strange voices you need to start distancing yourself from. There's voices that should be strangers that aren't. Mm-hmm. like fear, insecurity, self-doubt. That's not the voice of the Lord, and you need to start making it a stranger by distancing yourself from that. And so, but we are his sheep. We hear his voice. And so no more saying, I can't hear the voice of God. I just can't hear. Her. I don't know. Start declaring over yourself, I hear the voice of God. And just remind yourself throughout the day, just say it. Say it about, I hear the voice of God. I can mm-hmm. hear God. Mm-hmm. I can hear God's voice. And because when you speak it, one, you're getting in agreement with God, but two, you're reprogramming your mind and your heart from that doubt of, I can't hear from him. I don't know why I can't hear from him or only some people. You're, mm-hmm. you're really renewing your mind is what it is. You're renewing yes. your mind to the truth yes. that you can hear from God. You are a spirit. You were created to speak spirit. You were created to hear spirit. Mm. And so you can hear from God. If you have him on the inside of you, you can hear his voice. Cool. So let me just pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that you are the living God. I thank you, Lord, that we can do real life with the real God, that you care about what we care about because you care about us. Lord, we want you in our everything. So, Father, I just pray right now for those that are hearing. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that a desire is being stirred up in their hearts right now to hear your voice, to hear you, to do life with you on a more um, intentional degree than they ever have before. And so, Father, I thank you as that desire is being created, glory to God, that desire is being created within their hearts. Lord, I thank you that you give them opportunity to hear your voice. I thank you that the the ears of their heart and the eyes of their heart are being opened to hear you and to see you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that speaks clearly, that shows us things to come, that is our teacher, that is our helper, that is our very own counselor on the inside. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. We say spiritual ears be opened and spiritual eyes be opened in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. And then you. practice. Yep. Practice. practice. Yeah. Be intentional in practice. Yep. You're right. Ask the Lord which grocery store to go to today. <laughs> well, let me give you the opportunity um, before we wrap up here uh, to get your deeds out. If people want to find out, you know, obviously you have the podcast and stuff and we're going to put stuff in the show notes, but I want to go ahead and give you an opportunity to, to put your deets out there. Okay. So if you go to how to do life with God, um, on YouTube, we're also how to do life with God on Spotify, um, how to do life with God on YouTube. There's no spaces, um, in that it's all, it's all one word. Why? Just because it felt right. <laughs> mm. 
And um, as far as the Jesus People Co, you can go to jesuspeopleco.com, and mm-hmm. we're going to put up for you guys a, a 25% um, off. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's yes. great. Yeah. You can find me on How to Do Life with God on Facebook or Instagram um, or Jesus People Co. on Instagram as well. Well, thank you. Thank you, April. This has been incredible. And this is exactly what we wanted. We wanted something that was intensely complicated, made practical. And you did (laughs) an excellent job of that. I appreciate you so much. Yes. Yes. Thanks, April. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally supernatural.